0: All right, made it to a Monday and we finally made it. We made it to the mountaintop, the finale of the divisional breakdown. It's been a grueling two weeks, but we finally made it to the last two divisions. We're going east today, baby. We're going east to the AFC East and the NFC East, in case you couldn't tell by my shirt right here. It's just Drew and I today. Pookie's a little busy, but he'll be joining us for the AFC portion of this episode. But Drew, we've been waiting on this one for a long time because you know you're you're in Texas, I'm in Arkansas. The Cowboys are a hot topic, so the NFC East is always a hot topic, and there's so much to talk about with them. Uh, you got the freaking Kirk Cousins Redskins jersey, the best jersey in the NFC East by far, even though he's been out of the division. Yes, sir. You like that? I love that. You like that? I don't like it. I love it. I absolutely love it. So. Before we get started, Drew, we need to tell the people that, believe it or not, despite the shirt I'm wearing, we will not be talking Cowboys football today. Drew, why is that?
1: Yeah, we're bringing in a, our Cowboys representative. He's going to come in. We're going to have a special for just the Cowboys. We'll we'll still hit them today. You know, they're part of the NC East. We want to break them down a little bit, but we're going to go into a deep dive on Thursday me, Pookie Sandy, featuring the man, the myth, the legend, Gage Opal. Now, is
0: Opal going to be his last name? Because he's getting married soon. Do we know if he's taking the name of his fiance hey, He,
1: he it... might. He might. He has no balls, so he might.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's going to be – we're going to have a lot of beer, so that'll, that'll substitute in for those. Exactly. And this won't even be like a breakdown. It's really just going to be like a fan session, which is going to be perfect because it's going to be uh, the advent of – where this podcast is going to go after this, where we're going to be less analytical and getting fun and spicy and all that until the NFL season comes back, of course.
1: Yeah. It's almost going to be like a, a roast of the Dallas Cowboys with Gage going to be defending them. Pookie and I are going to be balls, balls to the wall, attacking full offense against hey,
0: them. I'm going to be honest though, Drew, like with the draft, with off season, how it's gone. I mean, obviously there's the elephant in the room with Dak Prescott, but, I think Gage is going to be pretty successful in fending off those attacks for now. I thought they were pretty successful this off season. So uh, okay. we'll certainly get into the specifics. But, I mean. yeah. but here's one thing we wanted to start out with. So we talk about players a lot. But when you and I talk, we spend a lot of time looking at things from the perspective of a GM, sometimes from an owner, but we don't have a lot of money. So yeah. <laughs> we're not really owners. We can't get behind their heads, but GMs we can. And uh, it's led to us having some hot takes before with me saying that I wouldn't pay any running back any amount of money ever, which uh, Christian McCaffrey proved me otherwise. I take that back. But um, it got us thinking. In the NFC East alone, you have Jerry Jones, Dan Snyder. With Jerry, we need to throw in Stephen Jones because he saved that franchise by not drafting Johnny Manziel need to rip that card out of his dad's hand. But uh, Dan Snyder... Howie Roseman, uh in Jeffrey Lurie as the owner of the Eagles, and then Dave Gettleman, the Mara family with the Giants. And you have, like, some massive names mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the hierarchy in the NFL. I mean, Jerry's top of the top because he runs the show, let's be honest. I mean, did you see that freaking yacht he was on?
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, he, he had a big baller move where he's, he's chilling on a yacht making draft picks, so –
0: he's like I think he said he didn't want anyone in the room with him and by that I was like okay so he's going to be in a separate room while the rest of the people are in the war room no that dude's you know he left the dog he's out in the middle of god knows where in the Gulf of Mexico just chilling
1: yeah he's he he was like I don't want no one around me I don't want no internet I just want to be able to make my damn picks
0: he said if I want to draft a kicker in the first round no one's stopping me (laughs) No one is stopping me. Not exactly. even Bill Belichick's dog is stopping me. Exactly, but Drew, this is the question I have for you, and in my opinion, it is kind of tough. And for the people at home, hopefully, you can give them some insight. I don't know how much they know, but I'm going to hit you with this question: of the people I just mentioned, so ownership, general managers, etc., who has the most impact on their team? As in, like, does Jerry Jones have? Is his impact on the Cowboys bigger than Daniel Snyder's impact on the Redskins, Harry Roseman's on the Eagles, et cetera? Who is the most influential member on their team?
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a tough, tough question. Like you said, you have guys who make big, big decisions who have, are not just in the, on the football field. We're talking about off the football field. You know, Jerry Jones is in the media a lot. So I think this isn't just a football-related question. I think it's a, as a whole organization – Uh, question as well um but saying that I'm gonna have to go with Howie Howie Roseman I mean I think he's really transformed that team you know they were they were good for many years before he got there um or before he became like the main GM but since he's been there he's made really good moves he led them to the Super Bowl he kind of created this whole like you know buy I'm gonna get some veterans on a on a budget type system so I think he has the most positive impact um but I think when you talk negative, you have to talk about Dan Snyder. <laughs> he, he's, he's made a lot of dumb, de- dumb decisions. I give mad credit to Jay Gruden for being there for so many years, basically playing a team that he probably didn't create his own. But he had, a, he, had a, he had some pretty decent teams while he was there. They weren't like Super Bowl contenders or anything, but they were competitive teams. So when you talk about positive, it's Howie Roseman. When you talk about negative, it's definitely Dan Snyder.
0: Okay, so you mentioned Roseman being the best, uh, Snyder being the worst. Who, who's, is, is Snyder worse than Roseman is good? I, know I, would, have
1: to, I would have to say yes, um, and that's tough just because Roseman did lead them to the Super Bowl, so I really want to pick him, but um, just to see the Redskins, you know what? I think that year they had Alex Smith before he hurt his leg. They were on the right path. Uh, and I think that's more credit to Jay Gruden and his coaching staff than it is to to Dan Snyder and his ability to, you know, pick and everything and get certain people on their team. But uh, besides that one year, the Redskins really haven't been anything since like 2012 with Robert Griffin and Al- Al- Alfred Morris' uh, rookie year. So I mean, that's eight plus years where they've kind of been the bottom feeders in the East, uh, even with the Giants being so bad. So I would have to say Dan Snyder for that reason.
0: The Redskins, to me, when I look around the worst teams in the league, I look at the Bengals and I think, well, you've got a young coach in there. He just got his young quarterback. And you've got some pieces there to work with. Now, Jacksonville, you heard me say last episode, they're bad. But at least they're so bad that they can't go any worse, that they're going to, you know. I don't know the Redskins to me are like an abyss I have no idea what the plan is there how they're going to get better they drafted a quarterback in the first round last year and it, I don't think it's he only played what didn't even play a full season but I think me, like, I'm just not sold on Dwight Haskins. honestly I never saw anything out of him in college that made me think boom sell out the franchise for this guy because you're playing in the Big Ten it's a decent conference but you at a given time you're throwing the five dudes who are going to be taken in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. So I think he looks better because he played at Ohio State, but that's like, the last place I would want to go to. It's tied with Jacksonville. Jacksonville's terrible, but and that's why I feel bad cuz one of our favorite coaches is in Washington now, Drew Ron Rivera. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Robert, Ron, we we loved him in Carolina. Um, I think he's he's a great coach. I think you know if you watch the All or Nothing series with the Panthers, um, it really showed how his players like love playing for Ron. I think he's a more of a player's coach than anything. You know, I think defensively, this team isn't the worst defense I've seen. But um, you know, looking at the roster, their D line, really their, their yeah, really their D line with with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, and Montez Sweat honestly is i mean i would take that d line over you know a handful of other d-, d lines they're not the best in the league but they're not the worst you know they're young but i think they have a lot of potential and i think having a coach like ron is going to help him. um you know they bring in thomas davis you know who's 45 he's probably teammates <laughs> with with riverboat before this yeah um he was on the bears than, team yeah he was on he was on the bears <laughs> team with riverboat um but i mean other than that you know Ronald Darby you bring in, Kendall Fuller's not bad, Landon Collins, I wish he was on another team, but yeah, I know. other than that, I mean, they're not that great. So I think I think that's gonna hinder him, but I think he's he's a great coach that they're gonna be a better defense than probably what we and I didn't even mention Ryan Kerrigan. I mean he's still he's still an underrated guy who's who's gonna get after the quarterback. He just doesn't do much else.
0: Well they're gonna need the defense. They're gonna need all the help they can get because on offense that team is as bad as it can get. So the best thing is you get rid of Trent Williams because you get rid of that money. He wasn't going to play for him, but at the same time, you're losing a Hall of Fame talent. Now I know he wasn't going to play for him this year, obviously it was a bad situation and he had to go, but nonetheless you're losing someone that talented in such a key spot. And that wide receiving core is honestly one of the worst wide receiving cores I have ever seen in my life.
2: Yeah.
0: What Terry McLaurin, uh, Stephen Sims Jr. Yeah. Is that right? Stephen yeah.
1: Sims, and the other person they have projected. This was before some news came out, but Cody Lattimore, which he's probably not going to play in uh, in this upcoming season, maybe ever again in the NFL. So yeah, and their tight end is Jeremy Sprinkle, which uh, I know he's a hog, but he is uh he's nothing special. <laughs> and,
0: no. At so. one time, I thought he could be decent. No, but that that team is so bad, and Haskins will probably start for him this year um my thinking is though if if they are one of the bottom two teams i think there's a chance they go quarterback especially if they're number one if they're number one they take lawrence like for 100 Um,
1: so and i mean i mean the only person i think you know we we didn't really we didn't really talk about Dwayne haskins because we don't want to ruin his career but i think the only person here that actually likes Dwayne haskins is that guy who took a selfie with him at the in with what, like 30 <laughs> seconds left in the game, and this dude's over here on the sideline taking a selfie. He, so, he might have
0: liked him then, dude, but he's not going to like him this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't help either that the Redskins line is below average. Uh, so they're going to have a lot of struggles this year, but I think having having a veteran coach like River, bon, River, bon, River Ron um, is going to help them defensively stay in some games, keep it close, but offensively they're not going to be able to score points.
0: No uh whatever their over under win total their over under win total could be a half and I would probably take the under on that one um exactly I I have no faith in this team I have as little faith in this team as I had faith in the Giants last year and slowly but surely Drew you bring up this name when we talk about the Giants Dave Gettleman and what he's doing there um seems like just yesterday OBJ was playing for him and all this stuff. Eli Manning, um, screw Eli for the two Super Bowls. But um, I, I, I don't know, Drew, what to think about the Giants because Saquon Barkley's contract will be coming up in a few years. I don't know what to do with that, mm-hmm. but I do like how Daniel Jones looks. Uh, he wasn't, like, overwhelming but to me, he also wasn't underwhelming. Like, you can almost justify taking him. And with a young quarterback, the most important thing you can do is give him – put him in a position to succeed. Then we can see how good is he. And what they've done this year is you go out and you get Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. You give him his future left tackle. He'll play right tackle this year. Nate Soldier will finish up his career at left tackle. Um, what, don't they have Will Hernandez on the line too?
1: Yeah, they have the rest of the line is Will Hernandez, Nick Gates, and Kevin Zeitler. Yeah.
0: So, so I mean, uh, I like
1: it. Yeah, O line O line they're great. Um I think for as much shit as David Gettelman has gotten over the years, for taking Daniel Jones, even this year taking Andrew Thomas, which probably wasn't the number one overall rated um tackle coming in, but I believe he, he'll come in day one and probably have more experience and be better as a as a rookie starter but maybe not have as high of a ceiling as some of those other tackles take him. But I think coming in right now, he's going to help them to start off. But I think offensively, this team is one of the better teams in the NFC East when it comes to all the weapons DJ has. Uh, you have probably the best back in the league in Saquon. So offensively, like they're, they're a very talented group. And I think Gettleman has done a decent job uh, building around a quarterback that he liked uh, and, it, and, it, and it was a quarterback who, um, you know, was unproven, just like a Mitchell Trubisky, but you bring him in, you let him sit behind Eli, you let him learn from Eli, who was probably a great mentor to him. Um, and that's someone that Eli wanted them to pick too. like people forget Eli was like, I, you're, you're, they were drafting the replacement and Eli's like, well, if you're gonna draft my replacement pick Daniel Jones he came from Duke he went to the Manning Passing Academies he learned from the same coach that taught Peyton and Eli so it was one of those things that it was gonna it was gonna go for the right direction and I think a lot of people discredit Dave Gettleman for doing that but I think that's what's gonna help them in the long run is they got someone that they deep dived into it and they were like this is the best decision for our team because Eli's a proven winner you know he might not have won all the time but he won two super bowls for them so you have to understand that like he had some he had some say in that decision
0: mm-hmm. well you know who else is going to have some say in the offense this year who's that our man jason garrett baby the ginger remains in the nfc east you're clapping do you like that
1: no i'm just that's i'm i'm impersonating jason garrett that's what he's going to do the entire game he's just good job guys fourth Don't and 15 think... we, we lost five yards good job <laughs>
0: I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball as well as the uh, his former team. But I certainly like where they are compared to the Redskins.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at defense, their defense isn't great. I like their D-line. They have Dalvin Thompson, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. They're a bunch of young guys. You know, Leonard Williams is overlooked. He's probably – I mean, as of right now, he's a bust. He's a chance to revitalize his career. Unfortunately, it's in the same exact city just for the other uniform or just for the other team. Um, Dexter Lawrence was one of the highest-rated D-linemen as a rookie. And then you go out, you, you draft Xavier McKinney. You uh, have Darrell Peppers, two young guys, two guys who are I think can play both positions, be very flexible. But other than that, um, you know, James Bradbury wasn't a bad pick. Uh, again, another another person in this, div- in this division who's in jail right now, uh, DeAndre Baker. Yeah, John Trey Baker, um, unfortunately, he's in jail as well, so he probably won't be playing this year. But they've got some young guys on defense that I think it's going to take them a couple years for them to grow. But, again, I think they're going to be one of those teams that's going to probably surprise a couple teams but then lose a couple games that they probably should win.
0: What I would say with the Giants, I would write next to their name, I'd say check back in three years.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we'll see. I think they're on the right path, though. I think, I think they, they really have made some some smart decisions. The receivers are a little old, but other than that, everything else, I think they're, they're making right moves.
0: It'll take some time. And, I mean, depending on how the season goes, there'll be an opportunity to go get you, like, a star wide receiver to help out Daniel Jones next year. Amazingly, like, we were talking about wide receivers. Then last night you get the news that Justin Ross from Clemson, who was going to be a top uh, three wide receiver, may not be able to play again. So there goes one guy, but you still got a – loaded wide receiver class um dude but we're talking about wide receivers we're talking about teams that need wide receivers the philadelphia eagles um drew didn't you suit up for them last year in one game like they were that short of players weren't they
1: shit i might have honestly i (laughs) I don't remember i got a concussion from the game like (laughs) i mean it 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 seems like if you play receiver and you suit up for the eagles you you play like four games and you're out for Mm -hmm. you know six games and um, it's unfortunate because we saw what they did a couple of years ago against the Pats in the Super Bowl, and you know that whole season they were pretty dominant. We saw what they can do when they have, when they're healthy, and that doesn't even that that includes Carson Wentz as well. He had an MVP season that year, was killing it, throwing dimes left and right. The North Dakota State quarterback was taking him to the ship. They dig Nick came in, he was like, "I'll ta- I'll finish the ride, my guy." So um, when healthy, this is probably one of the scariest teams in the NFL. You know, I think. I think on paper, they probably aren't as scary as like a Bucks or as maybe, you know, a couple other teams. But I think their chemistry together, they've played together for a while, they have a good system with Doug Peterson. It's very scary.
0: The Cowboys should have won that division last year. Now they can make a lot of excuses for it. Um, they'll obviously blame the ginger for a lot of it. Um, so the Cowboys screwed it up. But at the same time, the very fact that the Eagles were able to make it to the playoffs – Um, with the roster they had at the end of the year shows there's something about that team. It's it's weird. I I can't point to it, but um, I love Carson Wentz, man. If he can stay healthy, I'd love to see what he can do. Like if if he was healthy to me, no doubt who's the best quarterback in that division, but we don't know. Um, If the receiving core can stay healthy, that's a big thing. Um, You go out and you get Jalen 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 Rieger out of TCU. Um, He's got some speed. Hopefully he can stay healthy. If Ertz is healthy, you're talking about one of the best two tight end duos in the league, if not – honestly, maybe the best.
1: Yeah, I think Um, it's the best, yeah.
0: Yeah, with Ertz and Goddard. So, um, I like Miles Sanders out of the backfield as an option. We're talking about defense. I mean, obviously, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and there are other names too. But, Drew, I'm with you, and I'll go a step farther. If this team stays healthy, I legitimately see a, a, a window where they can make it to the super bowl. I, I, I think, I don't know. The roster doesn't stack up with San Francisco, but there's just something about the Eagles, man. It's what, like you said with uh, Nick Foles and them, they just found a way. And I don't know. It helps to have one of the best offensive lines in football, of course.
1: So. Yeah. I think, I think in the trenches, you know, being, being a Colts fan right now, we're, we're, we're real big on, you know, the trenches who wins the trench war. And I think that's kind of what the NFL is kind of, and trying to do and emulate because a couple of years ago you know the Pats and the in the Eagles played in the Super Bowl and they both had really great o lines and i mean the Pats didn't probably have any, they didn't have big name guys but they both of their d lines were really good um and so you know you have guys like Fletcher clocks and and uh Brandon Graham they just signed Javon Hargrave um those guys are talented and i mean they they make it tough to run the ball and to and to get off passes and so i think um that, that, that makes it tough and you win games in the trenches and it allows someone like a Carson Wentz. And then guys, you know, they haven't had great cornerbacks. They fortunately go out and get and trade for uh, Darius Slay, who was unhappy in Detroit. And it just, like, they, they haven't had a cornerback of that talent in a while. And, I mean, when they play the Cowboys, you know, Darius Slay is known to shut down Amari Cooper uh, in, the, in the last couple of years. So it'll be an interesting matchup to see that.
0: Duty to throw in Derek Barnett's name in there, too, on defense.
1: Yeah, Derek Burnett. I think he he hasn't achieved as much as he probably was supposed to coming out, but he has been a solid player for them and someone who who uh, creates pressure off the edge.
0: Dude, I'm just looking at this right side of the offensive line: Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. That's crazy. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, the best thing that ever came from that online. There's two things. The first thing, obviously, Jason Kelsey's speech after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. If you need any kind of inspiration, just watch it. The second thing is, is if you look at the the Sports Illustrated nude nude edition.
0: <laughs> it was
1: the Eagles <laughs> O line, man. <laughs> hey, that was probably the best edition. It was no homo. That was the best edition. No, it
0: is. It's a bunch <laughs> of that, and you're right. It was because they just owned it too. Like, there's yeah. you can't win up that.
1: Uh, yeah, and, I mean, you, you think about it. Think about how some old linemen we, we've seen, Marshall Yonda, Joe Thomas. There's a couple other guys who are big guys. You know, they, they're in the NFL. They're 300 pounds, 280 to 300 pounds, and then they leave and they drop 100 pounds like that, and they look like
0: supermodels. That's they, the scariest thing to me, Drew, and this is actually breaking news for you. This is a topic I want to get into um, in one of our future episodes is why are offensive linemen always getting the best-looking women? Like, to me, if you play football, you know this. They have the – like, if I could pick one position group to hang around, I want to be friends with the offensive line. Those dudes are always funny, always joking. Like, they're really close, too. And you have to be, but – But the offensive linemen, dude, it's not fair. When they retire and they lose all this weight, they already have the personality and the humor. But now (laughs) they're getting the bodies back, they've got the strength. You know, when they lose all that fat, they've still got their arms. They're freaking huge. Dude, like Joe Thomas, Marshall Anda, they're not giving us a fair chance here. It's it's not fair.
1: We've got no chance of the ladies when you got when you got people like that out there. That's right,
0: man. I mean, look at my roommate it was one of those guys who he stops playing football and all of a sudden he loses like a hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah,
1: Steph, Stefan's like he's what? not good looking,
0: <laughs> but he did lose a lot of weight.
1: <laughs> Clip that and send it to him. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean I've I've seen it. He's what he's like a hundred and like ninety pounds now, probably less yeah, at the moment. So dude. yeah, I mean, but talking about a line, you have another great line. In Dallas, um, you know, they've been one of the best O-lines in the last five years. You know, they lose Travis Travis Frederick this year uh, due to retirement. But you still have uh, – what is his name? I can't even, Tyron Smith. Oh, Tyron Smith. Zach Martin. Yeah. Leon Collins. Um, and then shout-out to Connor Williams. I, I've actually went to high school with him, played against him. He beat my ass every day in practice. <laughs> um, not fun to go against. At the time, obviously, didn't know he was going to be an NFL player. Congratulations, man. But, uh, you know, that's – I mean, that's a, that's a stout O-line. You wonder why Dak wants all this money because he's, he's put up all these stats, but he's got that great old line in
0: front of him. When we were talking about front office people at the beginning of the episode, obviously you want to look at Jerry Jones. Um, and we'll get into this whole Dak Prescott contract situation with Gage because I really want to know how a, a real Cowboys fan sees this. And I think there are many different opinions too. Like I think some people aren't sold on Dak. Some people are, but there's also a middle ground. that's like, he's good enough for us to win. Just pay him already. But like, do you really want to pay a guy that much money if you're not entirely sold on him? So it's interesting, but I agree with you. So here's my thing with Dak Prescott. There are some people who I believe overestimate his ability, but there are many more people who underestimate his ability. Um, Is it true that he's won quite a few games because he has a great supporting cast? Yes. But he also is capable of making plays. He like he he just is. It helps that he had that offensive line and that the offense was around Zeke. Surprisingly, Drew, they were saying uh they were talking about the relationship between his quarterback rating and Ezekiel Elliott. I saw this today. His quarterback rating when Zeke is not available is six points higher than it is when Zeke is playing. Um it was ninety-six when Zeke wasn't playing, ninety when he was, so um I think the offensive line makes a huge difference. Obviously, you go out and you get CeeDee Lamb this year to add to that receiving core. You lose an all-timer with Jason Witten, but that's not going to hurt him too much. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's, it's, a, it's, it's a luxury. It's, there's a lot of luxuries there if you're Dak Prescott with those guys to throw to. Now, you give Coop $100 million. That That's a problem. That ties up a lot of cap space. And that's a lot of money to play for a receiver who is not top five.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean he- – I mean, he's, he's a, he's one of those receivers that's he's there for half the year and he's, and he disappears to the other half. So, and, and I want to say this before we move on, huge disclaimer, I fucking hate the Cowboys. So like, I, I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my unbiased opinion. I'm going to be, you know, an analyst, give you, give you one of those things. But I, I promise you on Thursday, the heat will be thrown. I'm throwing 102 mile per hour fastballs at Gage's face on Thursday. Um, but I, I'm going to give you my honest opinion about the Cowboys. I'm going to talk about them because that's my, that's my job. That's my duty. But understand when we, when we let the, when we let the chains off, you allow some, some loosey goosey, some beer might be drinking or whatever. Things will be said. No apologies. Not saying sorry.
0: When are you, you want to get into it right now about the Cowboys? You yeah. I mean, put on your analytical hat.
1: Yeah. And you look at it, I think, I think the whole Dak thing, it sucks because you lose a guy like Byron Jones. You lose some guys on defense that, you know, they, they were a very good defense last year uh, when it came to just winning games. And I think that's the reason why they were where they were. The offense wasn't producing like it was in the past. Um, I think there's there's things probably happening behind the scenes. Jason Garrett, you know, I think everyone's going to blame him. Uh, I don't think he – I don't think he was a reason, but I also don't think he was helping them in any way. But defensively, I think it's where it's going to really win them games because I see them as a team that's going to grind and pound you and try to win the ball on the defensive side. And having uh, coaches on your staff like a Chris Richard – how do you say his last name? Is it just Richard? Richard, yeah. Richard. Uh, and uh, Rob Marinelli, those are two guys that are going to win you some games defensively because they're such great coaches. And I don't know the value of Mike McCarthy – what he brings to the table, because um, the only thing you really have from him that you know last thing that you thought of him, he obviously had prior coaching knowledge, but you 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 have him in Green Bay, and he was only able to win one Super Bowl with um, Aaron Rodgers down there in Green Bay. So I I don't know where this team stands personally. I I see them as a playoff contender. I don't see them making much noise if they're the only team to come out of the NFC East. I believe they're a one and done team. Uh, if they do, they're if they do make the playoffs and they're in the NFC East, I don't see them being the top seed. I see them being like seed three or four, and then probably losing to Seattle or someone that's better than them. I think the NFC North has a better team, or two better teams. I think the uh, NFC West has two better teams. I think the NFC South has two better teams. I don't. The Eagles are the only team out of the NFC East, I believe, that have a chance to make any kind of run in the playoffs.
0: Man, as high as I was on the Eagles, I got to tell you, I think you're undercutting these guys here. Um, the X factor here is Mike McCarthy, assuming they signed Dak Prescott, because we, we simply just don't know exactly what uh, that team's going to look like under him. Now, I thought a huge move that I think they talk a lot about in Dallas but isn't being talked about much uh, nationally is Kellen Moore, keeping Kellen Moore. I love the offense under Kellen Moore, and I think there were times where you saw Jason Garrett take over play calling and it didn't work out. And I think Kellen Moore is one of the smartest quarterbacks I've seen. Uh, when he was playing college ball at Boise State, I always there's just like there's just something about him I don't know, and it's tra- it's uh, transferred into his coaching career. And I think he just has a really good pulse on the game and knows how to call a good game. And it, it suits Dak Prescott out really well. I, I think they do make the playoffs. It's just I don't exactly know what they're going to look like with Mike McCarthy. I think they're better than what you're hinting at them being. But the more I think about it, actually, it is tough to slot them because it, 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 who's better in what divisions? Like, yeah, you're right. Now, the NFC North, I'm not entirely sure. It depends on – I think Mike McCarthy comes down to it because if if we're talking rosters, I like Dallas's over Green Bay's. Mm-hmm. Except for – That man. That man. man. One, two, one, two is a problem for anybody. And then there's that man, number eight in the north. That Exactly that shirt. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know. I like the roster. Here's, here's my thing that I want to talk about with Gage um, when we have him on Thursday. If we go before the draft and we are talking about over-unders for each team going to next season – how much better does C.D. Lamb make that team? And how much better does, say, adding Vaughn and Chasen into that mix? Or I, I, I still believe they need help at safety. And I thought they could have taken
1: uh, – Xavier McKinney. I thought they could have taken McKinney.
0: Like, Winfield, you heard me yeah. and when we did our mock draft. I had three safeties going in the first round. My guy, Antoine Winfield Jr., Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit. None of them went in the first round. And I thought – and I swore I thought the Cowboys would go safety, although my Cowboys friends were going uh, pass rusher with uh, Chasen, which made sense. But instead they went with Lamb. And it it makes their offense just that much more explosive. But my thing is, right now, I think that team was going to win – the games that they were going to win next year, I believe they were going to win them without C.D. Lamb. And the games that they were going to lose, I don't know if C.D. Lamb helps them win those games. But I do think – they would have been better served going on defense, um, but that's a question to ask a real Cowboys fan. I'm curious to see what Gage has to say. I think there's a lot of uh, excitement though for Ceedee Lamb, and there's going to be a lot of bias there and a lot of hindsight. Like, gonna be, yeah. oh yeah, Ceedee Lamb was a deep pick, but
1: I mean, I I think when we talked about this on draft, like he he fell there. It, it kind of just one of those things that happened for them. Um, but yeah, I think I think defensively, you know, they go out. Uh, and like you said, they needed something to help them on defense. With with losing so much in the off season, they go out and sign Gerald McCoy, D'Andre Poe, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Like they have some good veteran signings. I just don't know how much impact they're going to have. Um, as in, like they're going to be good players. They're they're they've all been solid their entire careers. Um, they've made a difference, but I don't know how much difference they're going to make. That's going to like make them jump over the hur- hurdle because. The thing I see C.D. Lamb doing, is he's going to take a little pressure off of Cooper. He's going to add some explosive big plays here and there. But now you have to feed three mouths because Michael Gallup is not a he. He's an he proved last year that he's a, a decent number two. I mean, I would I would take him as a number two receiver right now on the Indianapolis Colts. I would love to have Michael Gallup right now on the Colts. So he's he's a proven number two. Now you got three mouths to feed. That doesn't include Zeke, and then you have a tight end Blake Jarwin who's not great, but you still have to give them the ball every once in a while because it's going to be open. So they have a lot of mouths to feed on defense – or on offense, my bad. Uh, and they still have a lot of holes on on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and that was my thing. I thought they needed to improve on defense. But, you know, what, the way it's going right now, look at the Kansas City Chiefs, man. You just go out there and outscore people. True. Um,
1: yeah, you have a good scheme and it allows you to win games with people. I mean, they signed someone from – that hasn't played a football snap since 2015. I, I want to see how Alden Smith comes in and makes an impact. Right, he, he, in 2015, I said 2005. Great. I meant 2015. He was a great player, and then yeah. he had some off-the-field off issues. He can do it, but he hasn't played football in five years. I mean, I haven't played football in four years, and I feel like I can't do what I used to do. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how things happen.
0: I feel like any player who goes to prison for any amount of time, as soon as they enter prison, they sign, like, a contract. It says when I get out, I'll go play for the Cowboys. I think Jerry has those ready. Like,
1: honestly, yeah. I mean, he well, he just, he signed Greg Hardy that one.
0: <laughs> and they had Pac-Man Jones too, didn't they? And yeah, they had Johnson Pac-Man line. Jones.
1: It's yeah, just... so I mean, th- but when you you got to talk about the linebackers, and you talk about defense as well. Jalen Smith, Lander, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, Sean Lee, when healthy and can play, probably one of the one of the better cores linebackers. Um, they can make plays all over the field. So. Like, I think they, they're going to be solid on defense. I just think if they would have added some younger talent, some guys. I think it, I think the dude at LSU chase on would have been a huge impact opposite uh, De- uh, DeMarcus Lawrence. Um, and I think they would have been a tandem for years to come on the defense side of the ball. Uh, just because they can get after the pass washer but
0: good news is for them their division's not loaded you can get by with what they got you can you can sweep the Redskins and the Giants and then the Eagles all you have to do is split and you're pretty much I think you're good
1: yeah so, I, I don't think they split the Eagles though
0: <laughs> you think they they sweep them too
1: no, I think not sweep mean. them. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> what do you mean? I, honestly, I think the Giants even surprise them potentially. I think – and I don't think it's just because I hate the Cowboys. I think, I think honestly, the Giants are going to be a, a team that's going to come out and play in those big games, try harder, and maybe in those games against, like, a Skins team or, like, someone lesser that they might lose one of those games. Um, and I think that's just because the whole, the whole storyline with Jason Garrett as well, I think he's going to have his team coming out and he's going to throw some haymakers – you know, potentially haymakers, and he's just gonna clap if it works or not. So, um, I, I think there's there's a lot of interesting storylines in MC East. Um, and again, I think we'll we'll get into some more hot hot details on Thursday, just just for the sole purpose of we're kind of holding back. We want to keep all that juiciness for later. Um, and I think, and, and you know, even if Pookie was here, he's not a big Cowboys fan either. So we're all kind of Cowboy haters over here.
0: That's true. So wrap it up for me Drew, what do you think? You think the Eagles make the playoffs?
1: I think the Eagles win the division and make the playoffs. I think the Cowboys probably squeak in the division. Um, but I also see a, I also see a scenario where only one of them make it out of the out of the East yeah. because I I think I truly do believe that there's going to be a team in the NFC, whether it's the West or the South, in my opinion, are going to get three teams in and and the and the NFC East is going to be only one team. Because let me, let
0: me let, let's back up. Hold up. Did you? It sounds to me like you're saying the NFC West or the NFC South has a better chance of getting three teams in than the NFC East does getting two teams in.
1: Yes, sir. Is that what I'm
0: hearing? You're yes, saying sir. the NFC West has a better chance of getting three playoff teams in there than the Cowboys making the playoffs. Yes, sir. That's that's your first hot take. On yeah, this show. I mean that's hot.
1: I mean, if you think about it, just just look at the the past years when it came when it came to. Um, the NFC East, they normally only get one team in, because at the end of the year, the team that usually gets in is, is like usually ten and ten and six, you know nine and seven. They've even been eight and eight years. There's been some couple outliers. I know the Cowboys were like thirteen and three, I think, uh, back in Zeke's rookie year. So I think there's there's times where they have, but I think majority of the time the NFC East, because of how tough it is, um, and in quotations, because of how tough it is. Um, they – it's tough to get – it's tough to get two teams in. and So, I think even with this new format, I I believe one of the south, whether – I think it will be the Falcons or the Cardinals sneak
0: in. Wow. Wow. I hope – I mean, I hope you're right. If they can somehow get three teams in. See Callum Murray play a little uh, postseason football or Matty Ice make one more run.
1: It'll be interesting. But I, I think the NFC East is on the downtick.
0: All right, we made it. After this two-week journey, we finally make it to the last division. We're here, made it, got my jersey on. I got my past jersey, saving them till the very end. We made it to the AFC East.
1: J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. No secret. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets.
0: Drew, what jersey do you have on?
1: I got my boy. He played in Hebron, which is right down the street from me, Jamal Adams, baby.
0: Dude, how much of this is because we're talking Pats football?
1: Oh, 100%. Uh, I actually enjoy watching the Pats, but I just love giving you shit. So, it's 100% why I'm wearing a Jets uni. Well – Probably the wrong team. I should be wearing the Bills because they're about to win the division, but it is what it is.
0: Well, Pookie, let's, let's – before we get into Drew's Jets – Which, by the way, the jersey that Drew's wearing is just infinitely better than the jerseys they have now. That helmet sucks. Like, as soon as Adam Gase got there, everything just – everything was already downhill, but they, like, dug a hole into Middle Earth to just keep going further and further and further. But, Pookie, this seems like the first time in 18 years where the AFC East is legitimately in a toss-up. Does it seem that way to you?
2: To, to me, I think the AFC is definitely a toss-up. I am not one to bet against Bill, Joe, Bill Belichick because he will fuck you up, but I see if you're looking at the team's rosters and you're looking at the schedule, you're looking at what they have going for them this upcoming season, I think that it's wide open for once. I think that this could, this division could go either way, but I'm really only giving it to either the Patriots or the Bills. I don't see the Jets or the Dolphins winning the division, but I wouldn't count them out of being ahead of the Patriots.
0: Drew, get to your Jets, man. Let's talk about them. They had a pretty good draft, in my opinion, with back Beckton and Denzel Mims. Most importantly, they went for a punter, Braden Mann out of Texas A&M, one of the better ones to come out of college in, uh, in the last few years so. I got a lot going for him, man. What's what's going on in New York, Drew? Uh,
1: I mean, you think that, but uh, they definitely don't. Uh, I mean, I th- Sam Darnold's one of those quarterbacks that you want to invest in. I think in a, any different situation, he'd probably be more successful than what he is now. Um, but I think he just fell in the wrong shoes. I think the Jets – aren't a great franchise. I think their their ownership isn't great. Their GM's not great. I think they had a better draft this year. They went out and signed Bishar Perriman because they didn't have any receivers, basically. Um, but, I mean, Quinn Williams is turning out to be a bust. Uh, I mean, it's an early bust, but I think he's in the wrong system for what he does. He's not a 3-4 defensive end. He's a uh, more of a D lineman. C.J. Mosley, I'm sad he went there. He should have stayed in Baltimore. That's the only chance he would have had at being – successful at least in a team sense Jamal Adams wants out but the Jets want to keep him in I think that's a that's just unsuccessful by everyone because when a player wants out and he's unhappy don't get me wrong you know if he if he's really adding value to that team he needs to stay but I think I think the Jets need to get rid of him and move on because he's very unhappy there but um, if I'm the Jets I'm just starting to tank everything at this point you know Le'Veon Bell was Probably the worst signing they've had in a while, not because of Le'Veon the Pel- Le'Veon Bell the player, he's great, but the contract they gave him and probably the bidding wars that he was having was non-existent. I think
0: they were really the only team that was going to sign him. Pookie, help me with this one: Is Le'Veon Bell with the New York Jets next year?
2: Honestly, I I don't I don't think that he is. Le'Veon Bell is the type of transcendent player that if you're going to go and pick him up you better be ready to build your offense around the run or at least getting him the ball in space. And if you're not committed to that, you're essentially wasting the talent and to give him such a big contract just to waste him just baffles me because a lot of teams could use Le'Veon Bell and he would be effective in their system. The Jets are not one of them. Adam Gase does not value the running back position and he doesn't value, he doesn't value the run. So it's like, you've got this all of this money tied up in a player, and it's basically a bust for both sides. And you, that's just unhealthy for a team to keep on going for because if, if they keep Le'Veon Bell, they're just going to waste his career. I thought it was a bad deal to begin
0: with. When he signed with the Jets, it was like – I think there were rumors about him going to New York at first – But to me, it made no sense. When you're in a rebuild, you don't pay a running back like that that much money unless, like you said, Pookie, you go all in. And as great as Le'Veon Bell is, he's not like McCaffrey in the sense that he's a good option out of the backfield to catch balls. He doesn't catch as many balls as we do. But it just didn't – it seemed like a weird deal. It was like taking two things that weren't going to work and and putting them together. And to give them that kind of money too really is going to hamper their progress. And being able to invest in younger players to build that squad up. I mean, Adam Gase is probably hurting that team as much as anybody with some of the moves he's made. So
1: I'm really surprised when it comes to the Jets why they're not talked about as one of the like contenders for their first overall pick. Cause realistically, like I look at this roster and I look at the Dolphins, you know, team that's in their own division, and I am picking the Dolphins to beat them probably twice. I mean, they're gonna be good games, but um realistically, like this roster is 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 one of the worst rosters we've looked at probably this entire series. And, you know, I don't know what it is, maybe because the AFC East is weaker this year with the Pats not being as dominant that they're looked at as maybe getting a couple wins against the Pats or whatever. But even the Pats roster, like, I'm taking – like, this this, this, and the Redskins, like, even the – I'm taking the, the Redskins over the, the Jets. Like, the Jets have nothing I want on their roster. Like, I, I would rather rebuild an entire new team outside of New York than take the Jets roster right now. Rather play an a- I'd rather build a team out of XFL players than this team.
0: That's a fair point. This, the, the roster's not great. Terrible offensive line. Tons of wasted draft picks, in my opinion. Um, and no faith in uh, the front office or the coaching staff to get it done. So, Pookie, I asked you about Le'Veon Bell. Let me ask you this. Is Adam Gase there next year?
2: If it was up to me, hell no, he would not be there. I I don't even know why they hired him in the first place. What do people see in Adam Gates? He's consistently proven that he is not meant to be a head coach in this league. And it's like, what were you thinking? What what are you going to do different this time that's going to unfuck Adam Gates? Okay, and the answer is nothing. You can't unfuck this man. He is a black hole for NFL talent. As in you get sucked in and you never get seen again. Okay, we need Adam Gase out of New York. Pookie leading the charge, man. Let's get a little more positive. We're talking about a team that is,
0: as Pookie said, going down a black hole. Let's get into a team that's coming out of a black hole, the Dolphins. Like, talking about one of the worst teams from last year, and all of a sudden I think people are looking at them in a few years to be uh, better and better and better. They have five draft picks in the first two rounds. They used all
2: five. Pookie, what do you see out of the Dolphins, man? The Dolphins, I see a lot of progress. They, they added some players that can make a difference. I don't think they're ready yet, but if they continue on this trajectory over the next couple of years, they can really turn things around. It's not going to be easy, and it's going to be a slow process just because there's so much of this roster that needs to be refilled out. They, you know, they signed Byron Jones, and they have Xavier Howard. That's a really good cornerback tandem right there. Uh, On defense, there's not really anybody else that scares you other than maybe Kyle Van Noy, and even then he can underwhelm if placed in the the wrong position. Um, They have Jordan Howard at running back, Matt Breida from the 49ers, and Devontae Parker. He showed that he could be a productive player last season. But as far as I'm concerned, in 2-2, Tego Bailoa develops into a starting quarterback. This team's going to be still at the bottom of the division. You like them under the Jets this year? I like them over the Jets, yes. Drew,
0: what is a successful season for Miami? Uh,
2: I mean, I, I definitely think
1: uh, I definitely think they can go seven wins. Uh, seven and nine would probably be the the best case scenario I can see. Um, you know, an eight and eight record would be terrible. I think it really just depends if you're not going to play two, or you're going to let him sit. Which I've heard actually reports that they he might play depending. Um, on how things go and how he heals with that hip, but I mean, you get you sprinkle some Ryan Fitz magic in there, baby. You, you never know what can happen. You
2: hey, know, you last year,
1: last year him Devonte Parker were killing it. Parker was killing it in my fantasy league. He helped me get to the, the fantasy Super Bowl. Uh, the The weakest part of their team is definitely their O line, and they they tried to fill some holes. They got unfortunate with their second pick; they had to take Austin Jackson out of USC. I think he's going to be a good old lineman. I think they, they reached on him, but they really needed that. And I think uh, it's our step in the right direction for them. And I think they are, they are a few years out from really being competitive, but um, I definitely, they, they've taken the Patriot way, you know, Matt, Matt Patricia went to the Detroit and he went to Miami, Brian Flores. And I I think he's done a better replicate. uh, He's better at replicating what Bill Belichick was able to do in new England than Matt Patricia has. So I, you know, I'm all in on the on the Dolphins, like I'm ready to jump on the bandwagon uh, because I'm going to get on it earlier rather than later.
0: Here's my stat of the day as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins. They spent $123 million in guaranteed money to free agents this year. That's nearly two times as much as the next team on that list. So they went after it this year. And probably a lot of that has to do with Byron Jones. Probably a lot of that money there. So they draft Raquan Davis. They add Kyle Van Noy to the defensive line. Y'all talked about the offensive line. You signed Eric Flowers, who, when he was drafted, was thought to do great things. Obviously hasn't panned out. They give him three years, $30 million. They signed three more. They signed three alignment and free agency, drafted two more, as you mentioned, Austin Jackson, Drew. So the direction they're heading is obviously we're building around number one, who we drafted this year. If I'm the Dolphins... That man doesn't even see the field this year. The best case scenario for them, to me, is at max, let's go 5-11. and 11, We want to see progress out of this team. We need a good draft pick, though. Maybe go get an outstanding offensive lineman. I, I believe there's a guard this year who's supposed to be unbelievable. I just, off the top of my head. Uh, but Tua, to, to me, he's got to be healthy. This is it. If there has been like a quarterback that you want to invest in for a long time for me like Joe Burrow obviously is in there but I don't know how the Bengals are what their plan is to me the the plan is pretty clear for Miami but Tua's got to be healthy and you know the doctors are going to get their hands on him they're going to know a lot more than I will I'd love to get my hands on Tua but I can't (laughs) regardless to me he doesn't play cannot risk it um go get yourself a good draft pick nothing against Brian Flores I think he's doing a great job but the best case scenario for the franchise to me high draft pick Tua remains healthy and let me tell you something Fitzmatrick's gonna fuck around and go get you seven wins he is the worst quarterback to have for tanking that man you remember when uh, he went to the Buccaneers and they were supposed to suck and he ends up throwing like 400 yards in the first five games
1: yeah, and apparently they signed I can't remember what team he was on when Fitz was there cuz he's been on 17 teams. But uh they signed one of his OCs. I think it was maybe with the Jets actually. That was his OC when he was with when it, when it had one of his best seasons. So I I, I think they're they're going to fuck around and probably get seven wins. Um I I'm, I'm no telling you they and they're going to be better than the Jets and they're probably going to 2-0 bet. No
0: bet. No bets yet. I mean, I'll
1: I'll put it out there. I I'll take I'll take I'll take the the Dolphins at seven or at six and a half and up, meaning if they get seven wins, you know what I'm saying?
0: I, I'm we'll we'll table that one. We'll table that one. I'm not. That's that's uh, risky. We'll save that for our betting episode if we come up with one, where we take a surprise trip to Las Vegas. But let's get to a team that is no longer in the developing stages they're here they're queer and they're ready to make some noise the buffalo bills pookie lots to like on this roster what 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 are your initial thoughts
2: the buffalo bills are one of the teams that interest me because they showed so much potential last season and they've grown this offseason as well they have one of the best safety tandems in the league one of my favorites Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, very underrated but very versatile defenders. Um, on offense, you have a young quarterback in Josh Allen who has proven that even though he may not be the most statistically flashy player, he can still get you wins in this league. Uh, Devin Singletary, great running back to me, had a great rookie season, and he's going to continue to uh, develop as a player. But they added some guys this offseason like Stephon Diggs, that might be the player to swing the division in the favor of the Buffalo Bills from the New England Patriots. I said it, Stephon Diggs, division changer. Mark it down, mark your calendars, tell your kids, tell your wife, tell your must-begotten um, lover who you, her wife's not supposed to know about that the Bills are here to play, baby. They're here to play. Are you saying they're going to win the division? I am saying the Buffalo Bills are going to win the division buck yes I'm saying it and they're gonna win it because of guys like Trent Murphy and Oliver Jerry Hughes they got AJ Espinosa they got so many guys on defense that play well together who are big, who are bigger than the sum of their parts so it's like or uh, the sum of their parts is bigger than they are or they're bigger than me that's all I know uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which, if I remember correctly, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> what do you, like, drew what you look at this roster? They took my guy Jake Fromm in the draft. They ripped my heart out. Uh, yeah, um,
1: they didn't have a lot of holes to fill this offseason. You know, coming into the coming into the draft, they were really looking at a at a star receiver. You know, I could see him taking like a, trying to go get a CD Lamb, someone like that. And then Stephon, they go out and get Stephon Diggs. Big move. Uh, I, I even think before they got Stefan Diggs, they were the front runner for the AFC East, I think. Um, and that's that's solely because of their defense, without adding, adding A.J. Espinosa as well. Um, their defense last year was one of the better defenses in the league, and I they didn't lose a lot on defense. They added Josh Norman, which we'll see how good he is. He wasn't really great his last couple of years at, at the Skins. But – um, I, I think this is a team that if they win the division and somehow get into like that second, third, just like New England always would, where they get like a, they'd get to the second seed and you have to go to Buffalo and play, that's going to be a tough, tough playoff game. You know what I'm saying? Like going to Buffalo with those crazy fans, the Bill Mafia, baby, that's going to be a tough place to play, when I, especially when it's snowing outside and all they want to do is ground and pound you. And then they play great defense. So I think I think. Sorry, Sandy, to say this, but I don't. I don't think the Patriots have a shot this year to win the AFC East, um, even as great as Bill is and that defense is. I think the Bills. I think the baton was passed once Brady threw that last pick uh, against the Titans, and I think the Bills are ready to go.
0: Is this is this my invitation to get going? Is go ahead, man. Over? The is the floor,
1: and in your words. The floor is yours, my friend.
0: Well. Let me tell y'all something. See, let me give you a lesson. When I got to college, I, wanted to, I was pre-law and I was a really good writer in high school. I actually ended up majoring in the foreign languages. Writing is what I do. Part of writing is to capture ideas and put them in the best wording possible, to, to capture the moment. I'm also gonna be doing play-by-play this year for uh, Hendrix. So I, <laughs> words are key. So here's what I want you guys to understand. Six Super Bowls in 18 years. Six Super Bowls. That is one third out of six Super Bowls in 18 years. So when you guys speak dynasty, I don't want to hear any of that shit. I'm telling you right now, it was not a dynasty. It was a fucking death grip. We have the league right here, death grip. And you want to tell me, because we lost a few players, that any of that's going to change? All right? Let's, okay, let's go ahead. Let's address two elephants in the room. <laughs> as Pookie puts on his sunglasses to match me. I got your ass, son. Obviously, it takes amazing players to build up a dynasty. Or as it death grip, as I would say. And we lost a few of them this year. Obviously, I'm talking about Kyle Van Noy and Steven Gostowski, but we'll make do without him. We draft Justin Warboster in the draft, uh, fifth-round pick out of Marshall, absolute unit. We're not playing around. Belichick's coming out swinging this year, and some of y'all will tell me their draft picks weren't great. In fact, I think the dog made the picks. Well, let me tell you something. That dog picks better than the rest of the league combined. That dog has been around to see his team Wreck, everyone else, Pat Mahomes included. You think the referees job them? Hell no. That's Belichick just being better than everybody else. And you talk about Kyle Duggar coming out of Lenore Ryan, and he drafts, you know, of course the Patriots draft the first dude out of Division II. Well, who the hell did you think was going to do it? We make big moves. You don't have a bad – let me tell you guys, you've only seen your teams do this once in your life, all right? Let me tell you guys what it takes to do this right here. It takes big balls. That's what we have, and we're not letting this division go. I look at the roster. There, are, it's going to take some time, but we got dudes, and most importantly, we got this guy. Twin Towers, number 11, Julian Edelman, best-looking guy in the league, bar none. Jared Stidham, might as well call him Jared Stidime. All right, he's going here. He's throwing dimes, no drop-off whatsoever. We improve on the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn hopefully comes back healthy. Joe Thune's back. David Andrews at center. What's not to like? Sony Michelle, James White, blanketing Jared Stidham on defense, pick up Brandon Copeland, Resign Devin McCourty, one of the best safeties in the league. You guys are looking at me like Patriots are going to suck this year. And literally the only thing I'm sitting here thinking is, where am I going to fit ring number seven? I don't know. If you guys want to tell me where I can put it, I'll tell you one place I can put it. It's right here. All right? So get at me. That's what I got. And we drafted two tight ends this year, and they weren't even projected to be the top tight ends taken. We're just ahead of the game.
2: Just ahead of the game. Which your head ass, if you think the Patriots are going to win the division here this year, you're smoking dick, Okay. They are not winning the division. It's over. Y'all couldn't even get past the Titans in the playoffs. They whooped your ass handily. And you had Tom Brady. What are you going to do with Jared Sitham whenever you have to play Tennessee again? And Derrick Henry is running up the middle, fucking your guys up, leaving them ballless, blueless, and all kinds of less. There's they're going to be less of a man after Derrick Henry gets them. Boy, I'm on your ass. What the hell are those draft picks? What are those pickups? I couldn't name a single fucking one that you just named. You're smoking dick, Sandy. Quit with the crack. Quit with the crack. Quit with the crack. J-E-T-S. We will beat the Patriots. I'm Drew.
1: Sandy, I, I hope I, – I'm sad to to kill your dreams, my friend, but you just need to go full rebuild – Blow it up. Let Bill Belichick do what he does what he does, does, what he does best, and just rebuild this shit. It's okay to suck. I've been there. Suck for luck, man. It hurts. You understand. I was born in 1997. Peyton Manning was on the roster the, my entire life. It hurt me to my core to lose Peyton. But I sucked for luck. I sucked real hard for luck. Really, really hard, long strokes. And look where I am now. Look where we are now. AFC division title, probably. Maybe a deep playoff run. Who knows? It's okay to rebuild. This is an intervention, my friend. We are here for you. Pookie and I, we love you, man. We want to make sure you're okay and you get through this, okay? All right? It's going to be okay. Edelman will retire a Patriot. Don't You don't have to worry. He's not going to leave you like Gronk and Brady. I promise. I've had a personal connection with him. We've talked. So it's okay. Let it go. Let them ride off in the sunset. Your six wins. You know, you're one of the top teams in the, in the NFL with wins. Now it's time to let go. Let that dip, death grip go. Relax. Take a vacation. Go to the beach. Go to Miami. Let Miami do some things. You never know.
0: It's hard, guys. full, full face on right now. Best case scenario is we go five and eleven. In my when I mean best case, I mean the best thing that can happen to us. I look at the I look at the schedule. Being up front with you now as a Patriots guy, if we get to eight wins, I don't know whether to be ecstatic or pissed because we took ourselves out of a better draft pick. Um, Stidham is obviously a project. We'll wait and see. You know, Brady comes in his rookie year goes to length of the field on the Rams in the Super Bowl, makes things happen. Am I saying Jared Siddham's going to be the same? No, but it's just the jury's out. And players will say things in the media about he's our guy. You know, look at his confidence. I see nothing wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, some guys have that confidence, but it doesn't help them out on the field when they're getting sacked by Ed Oliver and company. And the Bills, I think right now being objective, the Bills are certainly the favorite to win the division. Uh, To go back to the Bills for just a second, I'm not sold on Josh Allen. Um, Pookie, you said he's not flashy. My concern is accuracy. Um, I think he's still prone to throws, And I think that's one reason why they picked up Jake Fromm when they did. Normally you don't see teams, in my opinion, go get a quarterback at that point in the draft. When you just drafted one two years ago, and I have a feeling that this is a year where they're looking at Josh Allen saying we need to see something or we're going to start – planning away he'll still play next year but behind the scenes they're already moving forward because that roster is pretty solid and Stephon Diggs certainly uh gets my attention thankfully we got Stephon Gilmore and Jason McCourty uh blinking the other side of that defensive line Drew you said you earlier we were talking about the Jets you looked at the roster and you said you like the Patriots roster better than the Jets I there are 30 other teams whose rosters I like better than the Jets maybe except for the Redskins but the Patriots aren't that high. I will say, I, I, I sell. I, I promote Arkansas whenever I can. Two big signings. The Patriots win Super Bowls when they pick up Razorbacks. They did so again. Go get uh, DeJon Harris, uh, undrafted free agent out of Arkansas, was a, 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 the last two years was up there in terms of all SEC linebacker, team captain. He, I like the heart. And the Patriots, for whatever reason, I'm serious, they like picking Arkansas guys. I'm not sure what that's all about. They also go get Will Hastings, who's a 501 guy like Pookie and I, played at Pulaski Academy with Kevin Kelly. Watch out for the onside kicks. Watch out for the onside kicks, because that's what he specialized in at Pulaski Academy. So, that being said, expectations were here. They're here.
1: I'll say this, like, looking – taking a more in-depth look at the roster, I can – see why people are saying that they're gonna still have um they're gonna be around that eight win uh area just because they have a lot of the same defense they still have a, a really good O line um and I think I think they're the Patriots are probably gonna depend on that run game like they did a couple of years ago when they did win the Super Bowl. Um and I think they're gonna they're gonna let the load be on Sonny Michelle and James White and those guys. Um but I, I do agree I think the best case scenario for the Pats. Let them, have, let them have a losing season. Let them pick in the top ten um, and, and give you some talent to work with. But I think even if they do pick in the mid, you know, the, the 11 to 15 range, you'll probably find someone with some talent there.
0: Well, they're not, they're not done making moves, in my opinion. Matt LaCoste is still on the roster at tight end, but you go and draft two tight ends to me. But that means LaCoste is out. You saw Ryan Izzo who played, you know, here and there a little bit. I think you do see the offensive line was upgraded. You pay Joe Thurney a lot of money, that money could be better spent elsewhere in the long run. But it's done. We paid him. Okay. So, and I agree. We ride Sonny Michelle. Uh, James White's a good option out of the backfield for Stidham. Biggest loss didn't even talk about it. It's James Devlin, man. I I love my fullbacks. He's gone. That hurts. Stephen Gustowski's out. It's all, it's it's, it's just pain, man. It's just pain. But we'll see. A- Yeah, maybe
1: maybe the new jerseys will, will ease the pain, right?
0: You know, those are the – we never spent time talking about those jerseys. I mean, they didn't make huge improvements. Uh, I do like the white – I like them. Uh, I just like to see Pat Patriot come back, the white helmets with the red jerseys. That's how you win. You look good, play good, win a lot of games. We've done that for 18 years. And I don't know. But we've reached the end of this divisional breakdown. And, I, and and I really did, I just thought of this question on the top of my head. We have three teams amongst us, on the AFC, all in different divisions. But if y'all can try to be objective here for a second, who who do you like in the next ten years going forward? And me being objective right now, I can say that Belichick's probably not here in ten years, and it really it really probably comes down to y'all's two teams, so I'll let y'all take the floor on that one and make a case.
1: I'll go ahead and I'll start. I mean, being as objective as I can, uh, I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, I think, and I think you you look at it, they, we're young right now. You know, we have a few, few veterans on the team. Um, but I believe that with our GM, we have the best, one of the best GMs when it comes to picking. If you've seen what he's done the last three years, his draft picks have been amazing, turned out really good. And I think what we already have started is probably what's going to launch us forward. I'm not saying we're going to go win six Super Bowls over the next 18 years, but I think we're going to be one of those teams like we were with Peyton, where we might, where we might uh, get into the Super Bowl, maybe lose, or we're going to be someone that's going to be in the AFC ch- uh, Championship for years to come.
2: The only way that I see the Colts being the best team over the next six years is if they suck one year out of that and get a really high draft pick to get a guy like a, not necessarily him in particular, but someone like a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Is it someone who would happen to have a big lever? They would have to have the big lever. I mean, that thing's got to be like on a forklift. Y'all need one too, Pookie. <laughs> Y'all need we're, we're it. In
1: the – we're in the same boat. You got to look at it. We're yeah. You need your quarterback, Pookie.
2: Yeah, but the Steelers, I feel like, are better at building in the late rounds than a lot of teams. So, it's like, if I was speaking objectively, I would still go with the Steelers just because of how good the organization is at remaining consistent. I still see Mike Tomlin being the head coach for the foreseeable future. And they have that defense that's really young that they can build around. Uh, As far as the quarterback position goes, Ben only has one or two years left so they will probably have to suck one year to get a replacement for him. But it's still, in all likelihood, I see them being the better team. team.
1: All right, Sandy, you you got to decide between Colts and Steelers.
2: Uh, I I take exception
0: when – did you, Drew, I I didn't hear that correctly. Did you say that you think the Colts could be the best team in the AFC for years to come, like over the next – so, so I, I'm, I'm
1: saying they're going to be kind of like how the Colts were in the early two thousands where they tend to 10 to 12 team, uh, 10 to 12 victories a year compete yeah. in the AFC divisional round conference championship, probably for the next.
0: I get it. I get it. I mean, you, y'all were knocking on that door for years. Yeah. We were entering the Patriots. There was only one it. thing stopping y'all. Yeah. It's these guys. Um, uh, yeah. I obviously from the previous episode, I like the Colts. I like the direction they're heading. Um, just for the way they're built right now, uh, Gregson hasn't done, uh, gosh, who am I getting this wrong? Chris Ballard has not done anything. Ryan Gregson's done a lot wrong. We didn't even mention this on the podcast that the Browns just hired him. Save that for next episode because that's terrible. Um, I love the direction they're heading. He hasn't made wrong one wrong move yet. He's had the fact that they've been as competitive as they have been after you know losing luck the way they did. It's just unfortunate. Um, and I, to me right now, and speaking for the Steelers, I hope Mike Tomlin's there for – you know, how many – Pookie, how many head coaches have they had in the – what, like three head coaches in the last 40 years pretty much? 19,
2: since 1970 they've had three head coaches. Yeah,
0: like Art Rooney was still around when that was going – so I, I hope Mike Tomlin's there for a long time. Just based off what I know right now, I think the Colts are the better team. But let me tell you something, Drew. There's only one way the Colts ascend the mountaintop and run the AFC, or at least are the best in the AFC. And that's if Patrick Mahomes dies. All right. Yeah.
1: That's it. All I said, all I said is they were going to be a competitive team like they were. They just so happened to always fall into this damn trap where, oh, we got the Patriots. Oh, now it's the Chiefs. You know, it's, it just sucks. But I mean, hey, I, I'm okay with losing out in divisional rounds and championship games as long as we're good and the football's good to watch.
0: You're right. This year, I like the Colts going forward.
1: Suck it, Pookie.